God is good. Well, this morning, I, this is something that's kind of been on my heart for a while and uh, kind of waiting to see when, when to do this, and I felt like this was the time. I'm going to do a, a kind of a, a small series uh, starting this morning. It'll be the next three weeks, this week and two more weeks. And the series is called Stronghold. Um, you know, there are things that stronghold can go two ways. I mean, ultimately, we'll get to that place. God wants us to see Him as our stronghold, our protection, and our refuge, and our source of confidence. You know, but there are strongholds that we have in our lives as well that the enemy has a stronghold on that God wants to deal with in order to be able to set us free. Because I'm telling you, the things that God wants to do in the Spirit, and, and if you can sense it, this is like this, that movement, just like, I know that, I'm, I know that the, God's going to call us to step out. There's going to be sacrifice involved. There's always a sacrifice when it's involving you stepping out in faith and trusting God. Amen? And I, there's, there's something, God's, I mean, we're, we're anticipation. It's getting exciting. Oh, God, you're going to do something. But at the same time, God wants to deal with things that are holding us back. He wants to deal with the strongholds that the enemy has over us so that he can become our stronghold and we can advance his kingdom. Are you with me this morning? So I'm going to give, you, I'm going to give things away already right up front. There's going to be three points that I want you to get completely out of this whole series. The first one is in order to really you know, find a stronghold or, or, or deal with a stronghold in our lives, the first thing we have to do is trace it. We've got to find it. We've got to see where did this thing come from? How did it get there? The next thing we have to do is we have to face it. You trace it, then you got to face it. It don't do no good just to, just to know that it's there. You have to address it. And then the last thing that we'll get to in the last week is we have to replace it because we have to go from being in bondage in a stronghold by the enemy into the stronghold of our God where the enemy cannot get. Amen. That's where he wants to be. So the title of this message today is called Tracing Strongholds. Now, there's so many different things. I'm going to do my best to, to elaborate and just kind of bring it out. But, you know, strongholds are things that we can do ourselves. Strongholds are things that uh, can have been put upon us. There can be some generational things that were strongholds in our families or some people that had authority over us and we gleaned from them. They were strongholds in them. And we kind of picked up on that stronghold. We're just living out of somebody else's stronghold, and we don't know any better. But thank God we have a Holy Spirit who leads us into all the truth because he don't want us, us to stay bound but to be free. And there's nothing more of an oxymoron in, in the kingdom of God than to be a bound Christian. God wants us to be free. The Bible says Christ set us free for freedom. It was for freedom that he set us free. And I don't know about you, but I want to be free. And I'm walking in freedom. I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying I, I've gained everything yet, but I do know this. As I get closer to God, I become more free. I find out more of who I am. I find out more of what I'm called to do. I find out more of who he is, and it benefits my life. And when it benefits my life, it benefits the lives of others around me, And it, just as it does for you. When it benefits your life, it benefits those who are around you. You become a, a, a valued asset to those around you when you walk in more freedom of God because you're able to be an example to them of the freedom in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So if you got your Bibles, you can turn to Judges. Um, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be using really the story of Gideon. 
to show uh, breaking these things out. But the first thing that I wanted, to, I wanted to say is, you know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 that there's a time and a season for everything. Do you believe that? Hope so, because that's what the Bible says. <laughs> It'll make it easier just to believe the Bible, right? <laughs> there's a time and, and a place or a right time, you know, and a season for everything. And inside that list of all the things that King Solomon goes down through, he says there's a time to tear down and there's a time to build up. And, you know, sometimes that happens at the same time. In order to build up, or before we can build up, we have to tear down. Because you don't want to build on a faulty foundation. And we know that the foundation of Christ is solid. There's no other solid foundation in this world than Jesus Christ himself. Amen. He is our foundation. But sometimes I feel like, you know, I've seen this in prayer one time. I was like, it's like, here's the foundation of Christ. And, and for whatever reason, maybe it's just our, our fallen humanity. We have his and we're to build on this foundation. But we like putting additions on, right? We, we put an addition on. Here, here's the foundation and we'll put an addition on. And we think because we're connected that we're on that foundation when we're building our own foundation. And, and in, in this series, I believe God wants to help tear down and get us free from some strongholds in our lives um, so that he can become our stronghold and we can walk in him. So in Judges chapter 6, we find the Israelites, really in the book of Judges, um, this is before you know, uh, Israel had a king um, and the people would kind of go in and out. Judges is kind of a sad, sad book. Because um, you see it several times where it says, you know, there were no kings and, and, and rulers, so to say. You know, obviously God was there, but the people weren't listening to him. And uh, it says, the people did what was right in their own eyes. That's a way to get off. Doing what we see is right in our own eyes. We want to go to the Bible, and, and the, the, we believe the Bible is the truth here at Spirit Life. We believe if anyone's going to be a liar, it's going to be me. It's not going to be the Word. I'm going to go to the Word of God, and if the Word of God says it, then I'm going to hold to those truths and those principles of what the Word of God says. But we find them here, and the Bible does say in, in verse number one that you know they, they, they weren't listening to God. They sinned against God, so God, God uh, sent Midian to come in. He really used a, a foreign nation that didn't know them in order to be able to discipline them, to bring them back. The whole purpose wasn't to inflict pain upon them. The whole purpose was to get them to look to Jesus because they weren't looking any longer. And the Bible says that as we behold him, we can become like him. So I want to behold him so that I can become like him. And, and, and that's where he wants us to be. He wants us to be in that place where we're constantly in that communion, looking him in the eye, looking him in the face, seeing his expressions to us and his love towards us. But the Bible says this. You know, that it was hard for, for Midian because uh, there was a lot of fear and things that were happening as the Midianites came in. And the Bible says that, you know, whenever the Israelites would plant crops, that whenever it was come time to harvest, the Midianites would come in and they would grab another nation called the Amalekites and they would come in and some other foreign uh, nations would come in and they would just devour all their produce. They would take everything from them, take their livestock. They would inflict them. And it, the Bible says it was very hard for Israel because of Midian. But look at this right here. This is in verse number two, chapter six. It says, the hand of Midian overpowered Israel 
And because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. Now, there's something here I want to bring in. So obviously, when, when they're there, they, the first thing I want you to see is, you know, Midian was overpowering them. And because of, of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves dens and caves and strongholds. A den is like, if you look it up, it's kind of like a hole. Ever get down in a hole? God don't want us just to be tripping in holes, right? Cave is like, you know, you're cutting out, you know, into the rock. You kind of got this, this uh, cut out and it can go inside of the mountain, whatever. A, for, a, a, a stronghold is more like a fortress because it goes from like, like tripping up into a hole to being in a cave, you know, kind of isolated from other things around you in order to being in bondage or, or bound up or imprisoned by a stronghold. And the Bible says they've done it to themselves. Isn't that amazing? They did it to themselves. So I want to talk about strongholds during this first message of the series. And I want you to know that, you know, everything we think or speak that is contrary to the word of the Lord, that he declares over us really like, you know, who we are, uh, you know, or our situations, everything that we say or think that is contrary to what he says about us or our situation is a stronghold. Listen, you ever do this? I, 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 this is myself. I've done this many a times. I've done this for years until I noticed that it was a stronghold. I can't. I can't is a stronghold word. I can't. Well, What's the Bible say about it? The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And God's never going to ask you to do anything that he's not empowering you to do. And I, and I did that to the Lord for probably a year or more uh, when he was asking me to do things that was out of my comfort zone or out of my wheelhouse or I've ne I never did before. And he would say, I want you to do this. And my response was, I can't. I don't know how to do that. I don't know. I, I can't. You know, the thing is, if you say you can't long enough, it'll attach, attach itself to, you know, that not only I can't, but I'm not. I can't, I'm not. Now we're talking about, now we're taking the identity that God has given us and we're speaking our own truths. We're taking what we seem is right in our own eyes and speaking it over ourselves. I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm not. When God says we are. Are you with me this morning? So we want to we address these things like the I can't and I'm not, and there may be some other things that are flowing through your mind right now, but this is the one thing the Lord showed me, and they can come, you know, they can be transferred down, you know, through generations. Maybe you heard of generational curses and stuff like that. It, it don't matter how big of a generational curse, if it, if it is something that's been passed down, it can be broken by the power and the name and the blood and the word of God. It has no power over Jesus. So... When I was thinking about this and asking, I was like, Lord, you know, where do strongholds come from? The ones that we build for ourselves, just like the children of Israel, they built for themselves these strongholds. They were, they were hiding from their enemy instead of confronting their enemy. And part of the enemy just wasn't the, the um, Midianites or the Amalekites that were coming against them. It was the sin that was raging on the inside of them because that needed to be dealt with too. But I asked the Lord, and the Lord said this to me. It says, strongholds take root in the wounds, fears, and disappointments of your heart. Whenever we go through things that we have 
uh, fears and wounds and disappointments, it gives the devil an opportunity to be able to come in and plant a seed of a stronghold. See, not saying the devil don't have power. He, he has power, so we don't walk around like, you know, like he's nothing. He has power. He just don't have power over Jesus. <laughs> Amen. As we're submitting to God, then he don't have power over us as we're submitting to God's word. But we have to watch out for those things. So what we want to do is we want to believe the truth, and the truest thing about ourselves is always what God says about us, not what anybody else says, not what you think or you feel, or what anybody else thinks or feels or says. It's what God says. And we have to begin to be able to address these things and begin to think about the things that are going through our minds and going out of our mouths because Jesus is the one who said, don't let anyone deceive you. That means even yourself. Don't let yourself deceive you. It's not just don't let anybody else deceive you. Don't let yourself deceive you. Well, the Bible tells us, you know, it's a hard thing, to, that line, because self-deception, I mean, you're deceived and you don't even know it. What helps is the Word of God, because the Word of God says that, you know, His Word is powerful and sharp and quick and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to, to discern between our own flesh and our spirit, spirit where we're connected to God, our flesh where we're connected to this world, our emotions, our wills, those things, amen? It's able to discern between it and help us to see what is of you and what is not of you? What's of my born again nature and what is coming out of my sinful nature, my fallen nature that's just attached to this world? So we want to hear what God says. Hey, Gandhi, uh, I came across a, a saying from Gandhi, and he said this, I'll not let anybody walk through my mind with their dirty feet. <laughs> this is kind of catchy, right? I'm not going to let anybody with dirty feet walk through my mind because you think about a dirty foot, you walk through stuff, gets on the carpet, it leaves things behind. So you're in charge of your mind. You're in charge of your heart. You're to guard your heart because out of it flows the springs of life. Eleanor Roosevelt said this, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Pastor Larry Stockstill said this, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. And our destiny is not to be bound by the strongholds of the enemy. Our destiny is to be in the stronghold of Jesus Christ. And doing our battle from that place, he is our confidence. He is our stronghold. I shared this with the men at the men's conference last week, but I felt it to be prevalent to today as well. And, uh, you know, it was, I, I may have said this to you guys before, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I only have so many memories, you know, and so many things that I got to get new things up. But if it goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you again. Maybe you didn't listen to it. It was back in 1998, um, I was in a service, the Spirit of God was moving I was prayed for, and I went out, what they call, you know, being slain in the spirit. I don't know if that's, you know, it just, I just felt the power of God come upon me, and then I kind of there, and I found myself on the floor. And as I was on the floor just laying there, I felt God's presence upon me. And at that time, I was dealing with all these insecurities and, and just the enemy attacking my identity, kind of all these I'm not and I can'ts coming at me like 
steroids, you know, just coming. It was like, it was like a big giant coming against me. And it not only afflicted my mind, it was, it was heavy on my heart, just like these constant attacks. That's what the enemy does. And I saw the Lord as I was there. I, I could say it's a vision, whatever. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily a vision, you know, but I just saw the Lord kind of a, a, an image of him on the throne and he was mad, not at me. He was mad at the one that was saying those things about his son or his daughter. And he stood off his throne and he says, who says my son can't? Who says my son is not? And it just, a, when he said that, a boldness came on the inside of me. Because that's what he does. He imparts who he is into us. And he spoke that to me, and I didn't get total freedom that day, but I, I was able to stand up, thank God for his mercy, and to be able to resist that enemy that kept coming against me with the I can'ts and I'm nots. And God's saying, you are, and you can. So a question for you today would be, who's telling you that you can't do this or that, or who's telling you that you're not enough? Because God says that you are. And that's that, that thought right there is the stronghold. And that's what we want to trace. Because when you trace it back to who is saying this or why is this going through my mind, you know, just because a thought goes through your mind doesn't mean it originated from you. Okay, the enemy, he'll, he'll speak things into your mind. Now, I know that he, he, he can come, and I don't think that everything that, you know, that's necessarily bad is necessarily a demon speaking to you into your mind. He just has to put one little thing in there, and if we begin to meditate on it, it can begin to grow, and then all of a sudden, somebody else says something that actually feeds inside that seed that's already there. We're tracing back that stronghold. We don't want it to be. I would rather deal with it when it's a hole than have to deal with it when it's a fortress. Like we got the holes, the dens, we got the caves, we got the strongholds or the fortresses. So thinking about that, I want to look at three spiritual realities. And you can say, you know, they say today that, um, I don't know if, if, we, if this was at uh, the men's conference or I read this in a book, I do a lot of reading too, but you know, uh, there's more people today as Christians that believe in heaven, but they don't believe that there is a real hell. They believe there's a heaven, but they don't believe that there's a real hell. Man, if you don't believe that there's a real hell, you may not even think that there's an enemy against your soul when there is an enemy against your soul. The first spiritual reality is this. The devil is real. Jesus is real. He came. He was God. Lived, he was there in God's abode in, in the heavenly realms. And then he came in, in flesh and in, in bodily form. He lived a perfect life. Amen. He died on the cross for our sins, the only sacrifice that was able to appease the Father to make us right with him was the blood of Jesus. He died on the cross, and he rose again, and he's right now sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us, and he is coming back for us again. And we are going to people who's going to keep ourselves ready for his return. But while we're waiting, the enemy is real. The devil is real. You know, probably the Probably one of the greatest weapons that Satan has, or you could say if it's like kind of his superpower, is his invisibility, right? You can't see him. I mean, we can, we can see the effects, but we can't see the one who inflicts. And so we'll, we'll tap it up for so many other things. We'll make people the enemy instead of the enemy the enemy. And there is only really one enemy. It's not people. It's the enemy, the devil, 
right? The Bible says he, he prowls about like a lion, like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12. For we are not fighting or struggling against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I think it was Norval Hayes. Anybody remember Norval Hayes? I know we're going to get a little bit, be, be a couple. We gotta, see, I'm saying my age. I just had an older birthday, so I know Norval Hayes. But uh, he used to say, people would say to him, like, you know, do you believe that there's a, uh, you know, a devil behind every rock? He's like, no, I don't believe there's a devil behind every rock. I believe there's 10 devils behind every rock. The idea is the devil is real. You know, and, and the second reality is not only the devil real, the second reality is this, the devil wants to destroy you. He's not just real and just out there. He's real and he wants to destroy you. The Bible says uh, in, Roman, or in, in John chapter eight, Jesus speaking of the enemy, he said, the devil is a murderer and a liar. He's a thief who comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The literal, uh, the younger, Young's literal translation says this, the thief only comes, except, he says he, he comes expecting to kill and still and destroy. That's his purpose, another translation says. His purpose in coming is to kill you or steal from you or to destroy you. If he can't do all through, he'll pick one. But that's his aim, is to keep you from being who, you, who God has called you to be and worshiping God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians that, you know, if we're ignorant of his sheems, that he has these sheems, and those sheems are like the wiles. They're, they're known as tricks. He has, he's a trickster. He's, he's these tricks. He has deceits. He has strategies in order to steal and kill and destroy. And the Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians 2.11 that when we're ignorant of his sheems, that he takes advantage of us. If we're ignorant of his schemes, he takes advantage. If, we, if we're ignorant and thinking that, um, that he's not real or that he's not against me, I mean, why, what, what did I do for him? I mean, what, what am I doing against him? Why is he against me? Because God created us in his image. Are you with me this morning? So the devil is real. Number two, the devil wants to destroy you. The last one, the devil responds to a higher power. Can you say amen? He's real. He has power, he wants to destroy, but he, he responds to a higher power. And we're not talking like, you know, some of those meetings that they have and they're kind of praying to, you know, a, a, a higher a power. We're talking about the higher authority of Jesus Christ. We're talking about the blood of Jesus. We're talking about the name of Jesus. We're talking about the word of God. Man, there's power in the name of Jesus. What I love about it is that there is, you know, there's a, a, a stronghold that he tries to come against, but... Man, no matter, no matter what he does, anybody that will turn to Jesus gets free from the enemy. I've seen it. I've seen it. Anybody, I've, I've seen people oppressed by the enemy. I've seen people possessed by the enemy. And anytime, even if someone was possessed by the devil, and you can't be, you can't have the spirit of God and the spirit of the devil in each at the same time. And anybody that I've seen that was, was uh, uh, possessed by the spirit of Satan, whenever they, if they would just turn to Jesus and you would just say, do you want to be free? Whenever they decided to turn to Jesus, that demon would let go of them because there's power in the name 
of Jesus. You want biblical, uh, an example of this? There was a man that had uh, over a thousand demons in him. Somehow he heard about Jesus or just saw him. You know, he was, can you think about a thousand demons? The Bible says he lived in a cemetery. They would try to shackle him and he would wail out at night and he was so strong and he would break those shackles off his legs and his arms. The Bible says that Jesus came across and that was one of the storms that happened when Jesus was coming across the sea. It was a storm that tried to stop them. Jesus got out of the boat and it says, this man possessed by a thousand demons ran to Jesus' feet and he got set free. A thousand demons couldn't keep a man from being set free when he wanted to be set free with Jesus. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So we don't want to give the devil an opportunity. It says that in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, 26. Don't give the devil an opportunity. What it means is don't give him a place. Don't, don't, we, got, we have to be careful and watch that if it's in a time where we have gotten wounded by somebody else and words wound right? Words wound you, especially when they come from someone that you love. And it's like, why would they say that? And sometimes they don't even mean to say it the way that they're saying it. Sometimes it's just how we perceive things or how we've been trained to perceive things. Or maybe it's a stronghold of how we perceive things. And we take, I used to take a lot of things so personally. And sometimes I still do take it a little too personally, but God's working on me. Remember that song? He's still working on me. Right, But I don't take things as personally as I used to before because Jesus always sees the potential in people. So I, I had to train myself, no matter what somebody would say, I had to train myself that they're not trying to attack me or they're not trying to, to hurt me. I just need to understand. What do you mean? What are you saying? So I don't take it personally because if I take it personally, I allow my heart to get wounded and I open up a hole for the enemy to come and plant something in if I'm wounded or if I have fear, or sometimes even whenever I have disappointment, I've been believing God for something for so long and it don't come about the way that I wanted it to. And there's a spot of disappointment in there. And I'm not to give the enemy an opportunity. You know, you can take your disappointments to God. Even the disappointments that you have with God, you can take it to him. His shoulders are big enough. He's not gonna be offended at you. I've done it plenty of times. God, I'm really, I, I really thought this. I'm, I'm disappointed, Lord. And I don't want to say I'm disappointed at you. I mean, can I say that, God? Yeah, you can say it. I, I just don't know. But you're staying in a place of humility. I just don't understand, Lord. I thought it was going to be this way. Help me understand, God, because your way is perfect, not mine. Help me to see. And God, you know, sometimes whenever he ministers to us, Sometimes he'll give us a word or we get, you know, we, we, he'll take us to scripture. He'll speak to that situation. Sometimes I've gone to him in a disappointment or, or a fear or a worry and I go to him and I don't necessarily have the answer to deal with that directly at that moment, but I sense his presence in this overwhelming sensation like it's going to be okay. And I'm just, I'm just reconnected with him. And that's really what the enemy tries to keep us from. Even if you're disappointed, even if you're in fear, even if you have wounds, you want to stay connected to the one who's able to heal us and set us free. Are you with me? So we don't want to give him an opportunity. And we thank the Lord that the enemy responds to that higher power. Acts 10, 38 says this, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the enemy or by the devil. 
One translation says uh, oppressed and harassed. An oppression is just like, man, just a pushing down over and over and over again, almost till you get to that place, almost like, we well, you know what that's like whenever you're not feeling well or, or you're just kind of you know, depressed or going in like that. You get to that place where it's almost like the fetal position. You kind of wrap up within yourself. You go into a cave. You go down into the hole. You feel yourself in that stronghold, and God don't want us to be bound. He wants us to be free. Come on. There's power in the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says in, in John 16, this is one of the things, one of my life scriptures that I, I go back to constantly when I don't understand things. Jesus said that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit was going to lead us into all the truth. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit, Jesus already sent the Holy Spirit, one of his roles would be to lead us into all of the truth. And one of the ways that he leads us into the truth is by exposing the lies. He wants to expose the lies. It's not gaining, you know, gaining more truth and still having lies will not benefit us. It's not about just gaining knowledge and still having lies. We have to find the lie, replace it with the truth. So there's things, it's just like, you know, sometimes we you talk about like faith and unbelief, right? Well, sometimes we will think that if I just have more faith, it, you know, sometimes what we need is not just more faith, we need less unbelief. You see it in Scripture. You know, the, the man that had his son that was possessed by a devil, and he came to Jesus and said, I brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't cast him out. And he said, you know, only believe. And he says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Help those areas that are hindering me, God, from walking in the fullness of you. I mean, if I'm gaining all this truth, and that's great, and, I, and it kind of encourages me to keep standing, but if I'm dragging all these lies and all this weight and this bondage behind me, I'm still going to get wore out again really quick. God wants us to be free. So kind of wrapping, wrapping today up, um, I want to give you kind of an assignment. Uh, you know, the first step in breaking a stronghold that we said, you know, is kind of tracing those strongholds is to find the stronghold. You have to trace it. I want you to begin to ask this question. I'm going to challenge you with this question. Whether you write it down, look at that, however you want to do it, it's up to you. But I want you to begin to pay attention to the thoughts that you're thinking, to the thoughts that are going through your mind, especially uh, the thoughts that come to you when you're not thinking. <laughs> Like in the morning when you first wake up and some of those voices just coming to you, you know, oh, this is going to be a horrible day, you know, just kind of, oh, why? Why is it going to be a horrible day? You know, what, what's some things there? Is, there? is there a fear that it's trying to expose? I'm, I'm looking at something because I wanted to share. I wanted to get a, a little real with you. I, I've been keeping a list um, of what I call negative, uh, negative internal narrative. That's been in my mind. You'd be shocked, I bet you. Here, he's like, well, he's a pastor. You know what? The enemy's real. And he wants to kill and steal and destroy from us. But thank God that the enemy responds to a higher power. And uh, you can kind of take these. I'll just speak some of them out. But you can kind of take these. It all comes down to us saying that we can't or that we're not. And it deals with God, you know, our ability and our identity. Always comes down to that. But here's some of the thoughts that I would catch in the morning. 
just when I'm just laying there and I open my eyes, and I'd be like, really? That? And I just, just to get challenged by this, what, what are you thinking? I'm no good. I'm all alone. Man, everybody hear that before? You feel like you're all alone, even though you've got family around you and everything? I'm not good enough, and I always get it wrong. I always get it wrong. And, and sometimes when it's really bad, thoughts will come through. And I'm not saying these are my thoughts. I'm just saying thoughts will come through. My life has no purpose. What have I really done? The enemy is real, and he wants to destroy us. Uh, then there's also feelings because I, I've, I've been able through years to be able to capture words, but the enemy is so cunning. These are his schemes and his wiles and his strategies that it wouldn't be a word, but it would be a feeling that I would feel that came across. And I would have to put, a, put words to that feeling. What is that feeling? And here's some of the feelings. Feeling like a failure, just like always feeling like a failure. Feeling like every decision I make is the wrong one. Feeling overwhelmed. Why do I feel overwhelmed? You know, I, I had to begin to ask these questions in order to be able to deal with them. Um, yeah. You have to be able to trace those things and begin to think, what is it that, you know, you've heard of the, you know, the fight, flight, or freeze kind of thing whenever you kind of, you're whatever, the, what is, what's that chemical? That, cortisol, is that what it is or what it's called? What is it? Adrenaline, but what, what, there's that cortisol. Where's that? Is that cortisol that whenever it gets levels too, that it makes you feel like that you get the you know the the flight fight, or or a freeze. And a lot of time for me, I feel like I freeze. There's been times when I'll fight, but for me, it feels like a freeze. It feels paralyzing. Like I just can't do anything. And those are the lies, and I have to. First, I trace it back. Where did that come from? I've traced some things back with the help of the Holy Spirit to some of my own family where I've gone and I, I've seen as like, okay, and the Lord even helping me, like if I would say something or do something and it would be like, hey, that's not you, that's so-and-so. You learned that from this. I'm like, oh, okay. And guess what? It was freeing because I thought it was me. It's like when you think it's just me, this is just who I am. I don't have no control. That is a lie. We always have control. We always have, we always have, let's say we always have control. We always have, uh, 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 we always have the right to be able to, that God has given us to make the decision. And there's a, there's a man, I won't, maybe I'll talk about him later, but um, uh, his name was uh, Victor um, Frankel, if you ever heard of him before. Um, he was a neurologist and a psychologist and a psychiatric uh, guy, and uh, he was in, uh, also a uh, Holocaust survivor. And uh, just a really, he has a, you know, several books out. He's been passed away for many years. But he said this one thing. He said, um, always between, you know, what's coming against you and how you act, there's a space. And what you do within that space determines your life. There's always that space. It's saying you always have a choice. You're not forced to do anything. You always have a choice. And in between the stimulation of what is causing you to usually respond or, or in a sense, you know, or retreat or freeze, in between that stimulus that brings that on and, and, and the outcome of what happens because of that stimulus is a choice, and you have a choice to make. You can choose for yourself. 
And it's like stopping in that moment and just asking yourself, why am I thinking this? Why do I feel this? Have this is this something I, I cultivated in my own life? Even if the enemy, I believe the enemy is the one that plants the seeds, but we can uproot those seeds and cast them out and not just have holes, but we need to fill them with the things of the Lord. So this week, I want you to um, begin to think about that. Start with any negative thought or lies that dominate or frequent your thoughts, your thinking. Just write it down. You got, I got, if you get an app, you can write it in an app. If you're writing it down, write it down. And then we'll begin to talk about how we're going to face these lies and how to replace these lies. And uh, uh, the next thing we'll talk about next week will be facing them. But um, for now, if I can just get you to stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless you. We're going to open up the altars in just a moment. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your anointing. Your anointing breaks yokes. I thank you, Father, that no matter how big a stronghold could be in our lives, or maybe it's just like a cave, it's just kind of a cutout and kind of feeling alone, or maybe it's a hole that we're tripping into. Don't matter what it is, Lord God, your word helps us with it. Jesus is there. We have your Holy Spirit. Father, the first thing that you want to do is, is break the major stronghold in every one of our lives, which is the stronghold of sin. You want to set us free. And if you're here today, or maybe you're watching us online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'll, I want you to raise your hand when I say here in just a moment. If that's you, you don't know that if you were to die today, if you would go to heaven or if you would go to hell. There is a real heaven and there's a real hell. And the way to heaven is by believing in Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. He's the only one who can save us from our sins. If that's you and you feel that prompting on the inside of you, and what that really is, is just the Holy Spirit just moving in your heart. If that's you and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus today, would you be so bold just to raise your hand right where you're at and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender to him today. I want to surrender to the Lord in Jesus' name. And if you're online, just go ahead and just uh, uh, put in the comments there. Say, I want to give my life to Jesus. We're going to say a prayer here. And the power in this prayer is in your connection, your heart, being open and humbled before the Lord that you need Him. Let's pray this together. Say, Father God, I come to you and I surrender today. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in your blood that it's able to wash away my sins and my guilt and my shame and make me new. Come, live on the inside of me by your spirit and make me a new creation for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says all things pass, old things pass away, all things become new. 
you'll begin to sense the, the difference of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And I encourage you, especially if you're online, if you're in here, to tell somebody. If you, if you uh, came, you can uh, come to one of the altar workers and let them know. We want to be here to help you. But I want to pray with you. And if you need prayer um, this, uh, this morning, anything with a message or you just need prayer in general, um, we're going to have the altar team here for you. Father, I thank you right now as we uh, begin to trace these strongholds, Lord, that you're going to be with people. Holy Spirit, that you're there to lead us and to guide us into all the truth. I pray that you will remind them of that this week and from this time on, Lord God, that you're there to lead them into all the truth. And as you're leading into the truth, you're also leading away from the lies and sometimes even pointing right at the lies so we can understand what it is and then we can turn from it, Lord, in Jesus' name and follow your ways. I thank you for guarding them and keeping them and guiding them this week, Lord God, as we trace these strongholds because you're going to help us to face them and replace them with your power and authority in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, smile upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord show you his favor and give you his peace in Jesus' name.